We're back. Elohe. Elohe. Yeah. Alhe, Arhe, Uye. It's big Latin, or whatever that's called. You requested that like what three weeks ago. That's officially pig Latin. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Say it again. Elohe. Which means hello. Hello mm-hmm. in pig Latin. Yeah. And it's and it came up as a real language. Yeah, I said, how do you say hello in pig Latin? Nice. Elohe. Where do they speak pig Latin? I don't know. Nate, do you know? Uzbekistan. There you go. Uzbekistan. Is he? Is that serious? Are you? That's a real country, Central Asia. Look well, it up. I'm not dude. saying it's not a real country, but is it? No, what? that's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch people at Greenfield, man. Yeah. Like, scary. Uh, so we are back again, of course, uh, this week. Back from camp, um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that again. Uh, but we have uh, we have a new guy in the studio tonight. Uh, we don't have sound effects, do we? The drum roll thing. Ooh, maybe maybe you should do our sound effects. Uh, <laughs> Hello, <laughs> announcing for the first time, <laughs> Nelson Combs. Hello, it's interesting to be on this side of it. Yes, yes. hey, n- not only is he here with us, he's behind the keys today. He is uh, he is our fill-in sound tech computer guru, all that stuff. He is uh, he is learning Nate's job because we're really hoping to replace him. Yeah, because he really is guru not very would good. Be a stretch. Oh, <laughs> but I'll give it a shot. So it, let's introduce you a little bit, Nelson. Sure. Um, sure. What do you What do you do, man? Like uh, uh, for work? I work at the VA in Chillicothe, Ohio. Cool. Um, I do MRIs and CAT scans there. What's uh, what's that been like over the last several months? A uh, little anxious, a yeah. little nerve wracking. Um, been slow, so then you have that stress on top of it. Um, but we're getting through it. Are they still uh, limiting um, what uh, people can come into the hospital for? Like uh, as far as like we're mainly an outpatient facility, so we don't have a whole lot of surgeries and stuff. But um, we, we've opened up our schedule entirely in the MRI side of it. Some other things are restricted, uh, but ours are so spaced apart. It kind of, if you limit it by half, you're only doing three people a day. And so yeah. it doesn't work. So, yeah. So a lot of downtime. I've read a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read a lot of books. Yeah. Now, are you, are you like uh, uh, Cody and probably Nate and I, we don't literally read them. We listen to. I actually physically read a book. Oh my! It was wow. a paper book. Nerd alert! I know it. <laughs> I know. And you can't do that at one and a half times the speed. So you actually have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those features are nice, especially yes. if it's a tough book and you're just like, I just got to get through this because I need the material, but I am not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, good. Uh, well, we're glad you're with us, Nelson, and uh, this is the first of many times I that hope you'll so. be with us. Yeah, so, I hope so. Um, excited to incorporate some some new blood into this, but also I know <clears throat> you had uh, you had uh, uh, some ideas for some potential podcasts in the future. So hopefully, we'll have the opportunity to kind of pick up on some of that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I know one was um, interviewing some of the uh, um, 
elderly um, members in our church mm-hmm. and, and having them on and talking about, you know, some of the history of the church and, and even them growing up and their life stories and things. The other idea was a book that you'd read. Uh, I can't remember exactly what, what uh, the topic get, was. Get out of my head. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. It's, uh, it's kind of like the spiral of toxic thoughts and how you can get in your own way yeah, and you can't get out of your own way. Um, and to really just put it at the foot of God yeah. instead of bringing yourself down. So I'm still working through that one. Uh, had some things come up. So, but, uh, so, but that's kind of important right now. Well, so. and two very relevant topic for, uh, for our culture today. And in some of the, I guess, in some ways, forced isolation, you know, and, and, and actually having to deal with ourselves in, in ways that we maybe never have. And it's, and it's hard to go through a day now without getting down. Yeah. If you listen to everything going on, it's hard to not beat yourself up or not see a positive outlook in your day. So. Yeah. Media, mm-hmm. social media, um, those things can, can really, you know, you're right, put you down. And, and so it's, it's knowing how to deal with that properly. And I, so I just think, I think that's going to be a great topic when we can, when we can really flush that out and talk about it, you know, on, on the show. So, um, excited for that. So finish the book, man. I, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> they put me back to work. <laughs> no excuses. Okay. Roger that. <laughs> um, no, we, uh, of course, Cody and I, um, just got back from a week at camp. Uh, highlights, man. Like, what what were some of the highlights for you last week? I would say getting to know each and every kid individually. That was really cool. And you know, my my kids were younger than yours, so I was. Yours were fourth through sixth graders, but primarily fourth and fifth. Were they a lot? Pri- most yeah, of them younger. Yeah, primarily. So just to hear their, and you know, I have a or going into fifth grade daughter, so I kind of have a good idea or understanding where their thoughts come from. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of intellectual talks with them, you know, much different than what you probably experienced, but it was just more or less being a good person to them and, and showing them what it's like to be Christ-like, um, showing them love. And, you know, I had a lot of fun. Paige was the, the universal, uh, jungle gym. There was a lot of kids that <laughs> continuously jumped on her and climbed on her. And I think we had a few kids puke, you know, that, that oh, was, yeah. that was a highlight, that's something that I didn't handle very well. And it, and by and large, I mean, none of the kids were sick. No, it was anxiety. It was anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and being home, or, yeah, homesick. And, and being away from home for a week for some of these kids, sometimes for the first time, Yeah, was pretty tough. Very tough, very yeah. tough. And, you know, it was just, for me, it was just encouraging them and, and, and loving them and, and reminding them that their parents wanted them to be here but more importantly that they were going to receive something good by the end of that week. Yeah. And, and the ones that, you know, left, we had a couple of them come back each day, um, during the daytime, but when it got nighttime, they went back home, but you know, so they got to experience a lot of the fun and activities as well as our, um, sermons and things of that, that, that sort. But yeah, I mean, it was just getting to know the kids and, you know, it was rejuvenating for me spiritually because you go through dry spells. We, you guys talked about that one week that I was out and to get to experience that and see that there was a purpose for me in that week that God put me there that week that I never would have thought that I would ever have done something like that. It never would have imagined because I'm a police officer and I deal primarily with adults and I never would have thought I would have done something like that. 
And, um, it was just, it was a blessing. Honestly, it was, it was, it was so cool. And I think too, you know, one of the things that I discovered in ministry was, you know, I initially started out working with young adults, young, young people. And then I transitioned into, um, you know, being, you know, the, the senior, uh, preacher, senior pastor at the church and dealing mainly with adults at that point. And then I was asked to come back and, and help with a camp actually at Butler Springs. And I remember I gave a talk one night and how, you know, just even writing it was really tough, but then it didn't translate well to young people as well as I thought it would yeah. as I was writing it. Yeah. And it's just, it was a bomb, man. And, and, like going back and forth and, and dealing with young people and and the the change of, of what you're saying and how you're saying it and the illustrations you use and, and the topics that you bring up. I mean it, it is. It's challenging and and you work primarily with adults in your job and, and so making that transition is not easy, but I, I agree with you. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit like showed up in a huge way and just created an opportunity for some real life change and transformation. And, um, we, we did, we had mainly sixth through eighth graders. And so dealing with some of those things was, I think a little, maybe a little deeper, sure. you know, because they're dealing with a lot of, a lot more life issues, real life issues that, you know, that, that we deal with as we get older. And, and so, you know, that was maybe a little more personal. Um, but, you're you're laying a foundation for these young people that they'll build upon for the rest of their lives and you know I can't say that there was any kids that walked away from that week that's lives weren't you know just significantly changed in a big way and it was cool man it was cool to see God show up and work the way that he did yeah any any funny stories well like I said last podcast I mean most of my funny ones I have to leave off the air but don't don't be scared. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, kids say the crazy things and and I'm used to it cuz I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old and just some of the odd things they said. I have a um skin graft on my left leg from an accident that occurred in 2008 <laughs> and I have no feeling. All my external nerves are damaged. And it was the day that we were um departing and the ki- the parents were showing up and I was looking to the right. I had my left leg over my right leg sitting there, kind of crossed. And I could see in my peripheral there was movement close to my leg that I couldn't feel. So I just happened to kind of glance over, and it was one of the kids. They were rubbing my leg where the skin is, and I have no hair that grows there. And um, and I said, buddy, I said, you like that feeling? And he goes, it feels like a microwave hot dog. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I was like, hey, I guess you got a point. It does. Uh, I mean, that was one of the funny. He was probably one of my favorite favorite. Not that you're supposed to have favorites, but he was one of my favorite campers. I mean, he was the MVP. Kevin would say, does anybody know the verse in Romans 2 versus blah, 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 blah. And, man, he would just spout it off. Like, yeah. he knew it. I mean, yeah. he, he had his Bible memorized. The kid was a, the MVP. <laughs> it was neat to see how eager the kids in our group were for our, for our Bible study times, for our devotional times, for our worship times. Um, 
you would think that in those moments, that would be the dry time for them. Right. Because when I think back at that age, I, I would think that like the swinging, the, you know, the rock climbing, that's what I look forward to. Then when we had to sit down for 20 minutes and listen to this guy talk about Jesus, like, here we go. This is the boring part of the day. Yeah. It wasn't like that. No. And, and I think too, like getting away from our phones, getting away from screens, getting away from, you know, all that stuff really creates an environment for that to be emphasized in a way that you just can't when you have all those other distractions going on. Yeah. But that was neat, man. It was neat to see that. Um, it was, it was, it was really cool. And you're right. Very rejuvenating week, um, to, for myself and, and Emma and, and coming off that. But I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Speaking for the adults or the volunteers that were there. I mean, the coolest thing for that was, how God was able to put all of us there in that week, in that moment and bring all of our talents and gifts and make it a unison body yeah. of what he is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, um, a minister and you're really good at bringing up a message. You know, I'm behind the scenes talking individually where Paige is more the, I'm a human adult. I make mistakes, you know, and kids see that and they're attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jana, you know, she's so loving and, and as, as well as Michelle was, you know, and Jared's the assertive, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And kids, think, and kids love structure. Yeah. You know? I think one of the comments Jared make was if my name's going to be on the Dean list, then I need to make more decisions next yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you got the Zinks, you know, Deanna and, and Jake, and, and you know, they're, they're the, um, what do you call them, the veterans of the yeah. camp, and yeah. they really helped all of us and guided us to the point from Sunday to Friday, I mean, even before Sunday, getting us prepared and really just kind of helping us make that a smooth week, you know, to me, that was just a really cool thing to, to observe and, and think about after Friday. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and and it was it was neat to see that on display. Just so many different giftings coming together to to form, you know, just a unified group of leaders. And we did pretty much everything together, like with our groups mm-hmm. outside of maybe some some downtime and right. and some study time because you can't, you know, the topics that we we're discussing. I know you guys did uh, overcoming fears. Yeah, fear's not a liar. Fear, not, I'm sorry, fear is a liar. Fear I'm, is a liar. Yeah, sorry. yeah. yeah. Um, and, and again, I think very relevant topic for them because, you know, as we talked about already, you know, there was a lot of anxiety being away from home and being able to deal with that specifically. I know one of the major themes that we did as a group as a whole was just hearing God in our lives through his word, through others and how they speak into your life. And then, and then even just, Hey God, like in, in every moment, of every day, of every situation, how do I process that? And, and and the question that we continued to ask them was, what is God saying to you about yourself or himself mm-hmm. in these things? And that was really, it, it was neat to see a lot of the kids come back to, you know, I can't go back and just be the same person that I was, that, right. that something has to change, whether it be in the relationships that I have and the people that I allow to influence me, um, in my time that I have with the Lord and emphasizing that. Uh, I mean, there were just a lot of really good things the kids said. And then to see even as young as these kids were, some of the brokenness and the hurt and the pain that they're dealing with. And, you know, I know that 
I know that Emma's heart really broke for a few of the kids and I know in her job it's the same way, you sure. know, that she hears some of these stories and she just wants to take these kids and move them into our house and yeah. take care of them. I mean, that's just naturally what what you think, you know, um to to bless them and just give them, you know, an opportunity maybe that they wouldn't have otherwise. And so you're right, man. Like really good uh week. I think something that we all needed just to be reminded that you know, even in the face of, of what is happening in the world, like God can create, you know, moments like those, um, that, that are really incredible and and filling. And, and it also makes you think, okay, like how I'm living my life and, and the things that I allow to distract me. And even coming back, I don't, some of those distractions just flooded right back in, Yeah, you know, and, and, Making sure that that we're continually calibrating our lives in a way that we emphasize God and and put Him at the center of what we're doing. So important, man. Yep. So important. Uh, One of the really neat things that happened um, was uh, we had several kids talk about giving their lives to Christ and are in the process of, you know, making plans for that with their Mm -hmm. families. But then we had a young man uh, who did, Isaiah, who gave his life to Christ there that week at the end of the week and was baptized. Um, Such a neat thing. Yeah. Um, And a kid who, you know, is uh, in foster care and, you know, just has had had it rough, Mm -hmm. um, but just really saw, you know, God in, in a way that, you know, that he had never had and, and, uh, decided to give his life to Christ. And, and it, and it was cool, uh, to see that happen. Um, the other thing that came up and, and kind of moves us into kind of the topic that I wanted to discuss today, you know, is I had some conversations with, with some young people in regard to salvation and some of the misconceptions in that. And mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with a young man and you know, as we were talking about, we, we ended the week going through the Romans road and the Romans road essentially starts with, you know, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, you know, that we're wicked, we're sinners and we need a savior. And it just goes through several verses that, that kind of talk about that. And then that God sent his son, you know, and he died for us and just the gospel message. And, but as we went through that and we had this conversation afterwards about accepting that and what that means, um, you know, specifically believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized, you know, the, the thing that came up was, well, I'm, I'm not ready. And, yeah. and so the question I ask naturally in that, and I'd ask anybody in, if, if, if they feel that way is, well, why mm-hmm. is it that you don't believe? Cause that would be a major obstacle. Mm-hmm. If if that were the case, is it um, that you just don't want to, or is it that you just don't feel worthy of that? And that's a natural response to understanding first and foremost that you're a sinner, that you're flawed, that you're a failure, that you need someone to save you. Mm-hmm. Is well, I'm not good enough for that salvation. Well, naturally, you're not. But then it is like mentally getting to that place where you say, okay, I need this thing and so I'm going to accept it. Rather than, I need this and so I have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this so that God will love me. Those are two completely different things. Yeah. But I think 
something that comes up and came up in this situation, you know, that idea that I'm not good enough. And, and so I'm going to go back and I'm going to change these things. And when these things change, well, then God will love me enough to, to, to save me. That's completely out of order. Sure. Um, because for real life change and transformation to happen, first and foremost, we have to accept that relationship. We have to enter into that relationship. You know, because Acts 2.38, believe and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, so, so for you to invite the Holy Spirit in, not that the Holy Spirit will be separate prior to that, not that the Holy Spirit will be away from you prior to that. Like the Holy Spirit can absolutely move into our lives and give us an experience even if we don't have a relationship with Him that, that helps us see the plausibility of this thing that is offered in the Bible through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But we have to put it in the right order, and that is that first you accept, first you move into that relationship, and then the Holy Spirit comes into your life and begins to change these things that that have to be changed for you to move forward in your relationship with God. Um, And that's a tough thing to understand. Yeah, especially at that age. Absolutely. I mean, it's tough for adults. You know, do you remember like when you gave your life to Christ and what that was like? Like just that initial like coming to that, realizing that, and like what that looked like for you personally, and some of the feelings that went into that. I was nine, so it's been a while. It's been twenty one, twenty two years now. Um, yeah, I was raised at the Hillsboro Free Will Baptist Church, and it's my belief and understanding that, you know, in that church, they didn't believe you had to be baptized, right. but it was something that they encouraged. But, um, yeah, I, I, I remember being a kid and just talking to mom and dad, you know, at that age, I knew right from wrong. Um, maybe not to certain extremes, but I understood and I understood the gospel and, and we had that conversation and dad, took me to the pastor and I had to talk with the pastor and he kind of got a baseline of my understanding and and where I was at. And same thing you just went through, like if I believed, you know, the whole process and, you know, and I remember him telling me that he, you know, I was ready. And so I got baptized. I mean, after the fact, I don't really remember much. I remember coming out of the water, um, and just smiling. My dad was crying, (laughs) but you know, it was, it was a good moment. My, my whole family was there. I, I remember that. And just feeling like I was worth something at, you know, nine years old, I remember feeling worth. Um, but it's, like I said, it's been over 20 years now, so it's kind of hard to remember all the details of it, but. What about you, Nelson? I get to throw, put you on the spot a little bit here today too, since, since you're sitting behind the keys, you have to talk. Excellent. We, <laughs> Nate, Nate tries to get out of it all the time and, and, uh, we make him, even though people say, uh, quote, his voice is annoying. <laughs> He's got the face for radio and the voice for TV. <laughs> but do you remember that point where you said, like, Lord, I'm going to make you the savior I, of my life? I remember the the room I was in where it happened. Um, it was a church event at a house, and all my friends had done it. And I was kind of lagging behind. I just really didn't feel... For the longest time that I was ready or worthy of it, was or it understanding? Like, what do you think? Like, 
led to that? How old were you at this time? Just, just 13. Okay. Yep. And do you remember why you felt that way? Um, I, I struggled with a lot of, uh, like appreciation for myself and what I was worth. Um, and that even started back then. So, um, I didn't feel like I was worthy of it. And, uh, I have something I knew that I needed. Um, but I just didn't know if I was ready for it or if I had enough faith to believe it. Yeah. And similar to what I just mentioned right. with this young man, right. It was, you felt like there was a checklist that you needed to go right. through before you could receive that. And that's, and you know, and I did not grow up in church. I went to church, started probably going to church about 12 or 13. It was right around, you know, so being around the people that have been in church since they were very small, uh, you, you feel like you're kind of playing catch up sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you want to make sure, like, and you feel like you're trying to make a, a checklist and make make these points, and then you're then you're ready. So, um, but yeah, I can remember I can remember the room. How did you get to the place where you said, you know what, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to follow through? You, there, I, I kind of remember coming to a point where knowing that I'm not going to be able to do this alone, and nor do I want to, um, and the only way is through him. And that's the only way that I'm going to be any better. And uh, like what Cody was pointing out about the feeling of worth, I can kind of remember that. So um, it was just, it was an exciting time. And it was, it was, it was, it was an an emotional thing that you didn't want to make off emotion, a decision you don't want to make off an emotion where you feel like, I mean, I had gone to church camp several years too, you know, and I never wanted to make it just based off an emotion. I wanted to make sure it was, I mean, as far as like the right time, I don't really know how to say that. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember? Like what it was like after the fact it's, it's exciting. It's like, you feel free because you are, you know? Uh, And then, and and, you know, now as you get older, you look back and you see like how many times you let him down and you, and you feel terrible about it and and you got to keep moving on. But um, I, I can remember the freedom you felt. And, and, and the people that love Jesus, that love you, have that feeling for you. Yeah. And they can mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. And, they, and they're experiencing it with you. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. They experience it with you, man. So, yeah. yeah. That's, no, extremely uh, beautiful thing. And, and I agree with you. I think we get in our way. We get in the way of God and what He's doing so much in our life. And you even alluded to that just even afterwards not feeling worthy and and questioning yourself because of that and that's I, I want to talk about that and I want to kind of m- move into that a little bit because one of the things that I I see a lot in church is we go through that process and then we begin to question is it real? Uh, we begin to question, you know, am I, am I, you know, if, if it's a worth issue before, then sometimes it's a worth issue after, is it, and, and the question comes up, am, am I worthy of it still? Have I kept my salvation? Can I be assured of my position in Christ? Do you guys ever deal with that? Like, is that something that ever comes up? What's that look like for you? Start with you, Cody. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm trying to process your question here in my head, um, and I don't know if when I answer this if this answers your question, 
But I can well, tell I'll you, tell you if you get, if you get a passing grade yeah. or not on this. <laughs> so when I became a member of the Leesburg Church of Christ, uh, you know, I was um, I don't know twenty six, twenty five, whatever year it was. I got married to Paige, and you know, going through the church, and I just really wanted to be a part of something bigger. And me and you've had talks, and then things got into the way, or I allowed things to get in, in the way of of what I think God intended for me to do, or wh- where He wanted me to be, but. I always made an excuse during those times that I wasn't Bible savvy and I didn't have the knowledge or the experience to back up any type of leadership responsibility or role. And by leadership for me, it it could have been going to Butler Springs and helping out with a church camp. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, an elder or anything of that effect, but, um, what about, uh, leading a podcast, uh, assistant, and leading the podcast, <laughs> running the keyboard. Yeah, oh, running yeah, the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I, I did again. I didn't feel worthy enough because I didn't have the knowledge or what I felt. You know, the experience and you know, my fear was is if I ever got to that point and somebody approached me, would I give them the right information? You know, or or the or would I be the right example? And this isn't everything, but just a part of what I've learned. Um, again, a small part is, you know, it doesn't have to be through knowledge. It's just through life experience in and of itself and how you've overcame issues or struggles or, or suffering or pain and, and being a light in that, um, you don't have to be Bible savvy. And now, now yes, you need to, re- you, you need to read your Bible and, and, and follow God's word. And especially in times of hardship, I learned that. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's kind of where 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 I'm trying to answer that question as I'm processing it is, yeah, I felt that um, more so in the last few years than I did from nine until those years because I feel like being a dad and being married and having expectations and wanting to set a precedence for my family and be the godly leader that my wife requested, you know, those expectations and me agreeing to that when I said yes to her, um, up in the middle of that church when we got married, um, you know, there was more pressure there and I fought that for a while. How did you, how did you deal with it? Like what was the process of going through that, that maybe brought you back around to a point where you said, Hey, listen, like, yes, this, this is real. And yes, I'm secure in that. Uh, it would be a couple different incidents, um, moments in my life. Um, you know, the first one would be probably, again, we've mentioned this several times, the death of my son and finding out that without having faith, I would never see my son again and realizing that, um, and, and letting that resonate in my heart and mind as I went through the process of grieving and, um, realized that only through God, I would not me alone, but my family would get through this. And we have, you know, again, I've said it before, we, we still deal with it, but we're, we're getting through it with God every single day. And that sounds like maybe like working through the information and understanding what is true and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, for the longest time, kind of like what you were mentioning or, or, or alluding to earlier is like, I thought you had to do this, that, and then this, and then you're good. Right. And so I wasn't doing that. And then, so when, when, when my son passed, my immediate thought was it's all cause I didn't do this and that. 
you blame you blamed my, your actions on on the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, and but it, through that process of, of grieving and and getting growing closer to God in those moments, like I realized, like that's not the case. Do you feel like there were experiences, feelings, emotions that helped in that as well to give you that assurance? Yeah, the moment of his burial clarified everything, and you don't put science or you don't put um, weather on what changed in that moment when I asked for God's help. And, it, and you know, I, I'm, we joked about it. I'm not the best at praying, but my prayer was, God, we need help. That's it. That's all I said in that moment. And again, like everything just kind of went into this dome. And explain that. Cause I, you know, I, I know because I'm your friend and we've talked about yeah. this, but explain exactly what you're talking about for our listeners. Yeah. So, we had to say goodbye to my son and it was our final moment. And that's always the hardest part of a funeral. And I think that a lot of people can agree to that is everything's dry for the most part. And then you get to that final moment where it's like, okay, this is the last moment that he or she or whoever your loved one is, is like, this is the last moment we see him. And, you know, outside of that, um, if you have faith, the next time will be whenever you go to heaven. Right. So it was Paige and I, everybody went through the line, gave us hugs and said their final goodbyes and, and Paige just broke down and her breaking down and, and, you know, calls me to break down. And so you're there at the casket in by ourselves. Moment. Yeah. And it's freezing cold. I mean, it's January, I believe fourth or third, um, you know, and we're on a farm where her, uh, at the time her grandparents owned the farm. It's still in the family, but so we're sitting there and, and we're both just sobbing, freezing to death. I mean, I'm shaking. I think it's because of nerves and it's obviously because of the cold weather. And after about, I felt like it felt like 500 hours, but it was probably two or three minutes. I just closed my eyes and I asked God to, you know, help. I said, Hey man, we need help. And prior to that, like I fought God in my head for a week. Like I couldn't stand him. Like, why would you let these, this, these things happen? Like, I know I haven't done X, Y, and Z, but my gosh, that he's only four years old. Like, what are you doing? And you know, I was like, I was going to be a cop. So I was hearing all these horrid stories of what people do to kids. And I'm thinking like, how do you allow these people to live? But you take a four month old son who's not even experienced life. Like what's going on? So then I got to that point where I was praying for help and it, it was, it wasn't a second. It was instant. Like the wind, honest to everything. The wind quit blowing. My shivering, my chills went away. Paige just stopped crying. I stopped crying. Um, you know, it was, it was a, a moment in my life that I will never go backwards in my faith ever again. Now, hindsight, there's been times after that, that I've took a few beatings and bruisings, but my, my, my face is still forward toward God and I'm right. going to keep on marching. doesn't mean everything's kosher and easy. It's not, but that was, that was a pinnacle moment in me coming back full circle back to where I needed to be with God. And then, you know, just some other things that's occurred in my life with, um, God allowing me to get this position at work where it, it enables me to be at church more and be around godly people more. Um, and then we got to go on a vacation with a bunch of people from our church and we had a lot of good conversation and challenges and I accepted a lot of challenges that I didn't really realize at the time I was getting into. Um, but I did. And I knew that if I could do that, that I would be a shining example for my kids mm -hmm. and, and my wife. And, um, 
that kind of catapulted me into this position that I'm in now, which again, I'm not perfect, man. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Every day I sin. Um, but it's really been a monumental shift for me, um, in the last few years. And so you would say now, like you have no doubt about where you'll be. Absolutely not. No, no, I'm, you know, I'm going, (laughs) I'm going to see my son. Then I'll go hug Jesus. I'm hugging my son first. (laughs) I promise you that Paige thinks he's four months, four months old. I'm hoping he's a little bit older than that by the time I get there. So he can at least talk to me. Um, but you know, man, I'm, I'm eyes on the prize heading to the finish line. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept the bumps and bruises along the way, you know, whether it's financial or relational, like I'm willing to accept that. And, and, you know, and I know during those times from my son's experience during those times that when it's deep, dark and hard and and the road's heavy, man, like God's the only way, you know, just reach your hand up and he's got you. He'll carry you through. And I know that. So exactly in that moment, you guys are there, the wind stops, you know, the chills go away. You both stop crying. What did you feel? Like, what was the feeling? Peace. I mean, it's a, it's a easy word and it's a pretty common word, but man, that's the only word I can put there. It was just peace. It was just, it was a sense of relief too. Like it was almost like in that moment, even though God didn't come down, like in these cartoons, like Cody, you know, he didn't come down here and talk to me. I imagine God sounding like that. Or he could be like, hey, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I picture him as like this deep voice, you know, powerful man. No, um, but it was like if he could have spoke, I mean, he, he, he really honestly spoke to, to my heart and just said, man, I got your son. Like, stop. Huh. Like, you are on this earth for a blink. Like, do, do my work for this blink, and then you'll get to see him again. That's it. And, and it just gave me this piece of like, okay, if that's what I'm supposed to do, I have no idea what my purpose is. I still am mad my son's dead, but I love you. And I thank you for the four months you gave me because there's a lot of parents out there that can't have kids. Right. And there's a lot of people that don't get to, don't get to experience or didn't get to experience those awesome four months that I got with my son, the, the, the kid that I dreamed of because I have three pages at home. So <laughs> you, know, if you know Paige, you can imagine when there's two more of her, it's a little hectic and stressful, <laughs> but you I don't know. know. Kendall might be a little bit like you, buddy. Sometimes she is. I mean, she has her attitude like her mom, but she's quiet and, and she's hard to crack. You know, like if, if she's not really close with you, she won't show you affection. You really got to work her like, like me, man. Like, you, you know, like a lot of people at this church, like really want to talk to me and be invasive with me. And I just would shy away, shy away. And then finally some people cracked. And I guess I talk a lot now is what some of them say, but maybe too much. Yeah. And she's pretty athletic. I would like to say I was decently athletic, but I think she's going to be way better than me. <laughs> I mean, she hits that ball on softball way out in the outfield. So, I mean, she's, she's doing all right. So, yeah. Well, good. I yeah, no. I, what would you say to someone who maybe hasn't had an experience like that? Who, who's who's doubting? You know, I mean, you can you can kind of put a stake in the ground and say like it was this moment mm-hmm. where this thing happened that made it very real for me, it re- more real than it had ever been prior to that. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say to the person that hasn't experienced that? I would say take a look at their life. And take a look at it in its entirety. And when they look at times of hardship, because we all face it, are they over it? Because the answer is probably no when it comes to those hard, hard things. And that the only, the only way that they're ever going to be able to get over something like that is through God. You know, I mean, that's, 
and I'm and like you said, you know, I, I have that example and that's my example. There could be an example for them as well, but they have to seek him. I mean, he's already there, you know, he's already there waiting. Um, he was there waiting for me, you know, through the week of my son passing away, he was there. I just didn't seek him until that moment. And, and as soon as I asked for him, man, he, he, he was there. And it's not saying that if you close your eyes and pray right now, he's going to be there like that in an instant, but he, he's there. And, um, and, and I, your, your quote that you said, and I always use it, you know, anytime there's hardship, you know, without faith, it would just be a tragedy. And that's the, one of the most true statements I've ever heard. And I can relate to that so much. And I use that a lot when I talk to people that are going through hardships, you know, as a cop, like I talk to a lot of people who are down and out and, um, a few times they've mentioned how positive a person I am. And, you know, sometimes they don't realize that day I'm dying inside cause I'm going mm-hmm. through an issue with my son cause I still deal with that. Um, but you know, I just tell them like, listen, without faith, your life is just a tragedy. And if you <laughs> don't find God and seek God, like it's going to be a tragedy at the end, at the end of your life. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of a, a synopsis of what I would say, but we can continue talking about it for about five hours. <laughs> Nelson, back to you, man. Have there been times after that point at 13 years old in that room that you've doubted your your relationship with Christ and thought, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that this I'll, is real. I would say absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, and I don't have a moment like Cody has, uh, but he was saying you can look back through your life and I can look back through my life and see where God was working in my life. Even if I wasn't approaching him, um, being in the military and going around the world, you see how dark and despairing this world really is. Yeah. And I can see through my, as I got out of high school and got away from the church and away from my group of friends, I can see how I was strong when I left. And then I could see how it was chipped away. Mm-hmm. Just one thing after another. And, and that lasted for years, years. And then eventually you get to a point where you, we're all broken, but then you get reminded that you're really broken yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, and you got to settle up. And that's kind of that, I mean, that, that happened to me. So uh, what were, what were the the circumstances in those moments that brought you back around to maybe a clear understanding of where you stood in Christ? Complete despair. And I had, I didn't have hope in anything. Um, And I was reminded of that hope. There wasn't a significant event. It was just continuously me trying to fix my problems and then it would be like I would feel better and then once I get this fixed I can go back to God mm-hmm. um, and you got to go back down to the root of it that you learned when you were nine or 13 or whenever and say that you're not going to fix anything that he's going to fix it you just got to ask for the help yeah mm-hmm. so no I agree I I think so often you know it is in moments where the emotions or the feeling of that relationship isn't there. We need to key in on the knowledge that we have of who God is and what Mm -hmm. he says, you know, his word speaks very boldly and clearly to who he is and what he's done and, and that he's not a liar, for instance, you know, and because of that, like we can believe that, but then there are moments where, you know, we allow ourselves you know, in that thinking to be tricked 
into believing that maybe it's not true. And, and that's where I think our experiences, you know, really drive that. And, and hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, that's what, you know, we've all heard that. Um, and being able to look back at those moments where God showed up in, in big ways. And, and you're right, I, for a lot of us, we'll never experience, you know, something maybe as significant or drastic as what, you know, Cody going from this, this deep, deep, pl- dark place mm-hmm. to then just this really bright light place, you know, in his life. We, we won't, but we'll experience it to a degree. We all will. Um, where there's moments that God showed up this week at camp, but we're talking about is yeah. absolutely one of it's a, it's a, it's a stake in the sand of, you know, I, you know, I, I, I can think about a lot of other things and I can come back after that week and kind of fall back in that hole that I was in before, but I can't ignore what happened this week and how close that I felt with God in some of those moments at camp and the conversations at camp and the worship at camp and, you know, and, and some of the life transformation that happened to those kids. I mean, again, that's just another little thing that I'll, I'll have for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Kairos, the prison ministry that I'm involved in, is every single time seeing one of those guys, and you talked about, you know, you know the, the thing that we share with one another when someone gives their life to Christ and we experience that with them. Well, I, you know, the, every week, some every week that we do Kairos, you know, it's the same thing. It's somebody, some huge life transformation happens, and we experience that, and we get as almost as much joy. We talk about it. We talked about it after camp. We talk about it at Kairos. I fe- I don't know who gets more out of those weeks. You know, them. You know, the people that we're ministering to, or us. You know, who are ministering to them, and that's. That's the God we serve, you know, as we serve and love and give and, and, and sacrifice, you know, we are blessed beyond measure, you know, in that to the, to overflowing. Um, and I, and it is, it's about looking at those things and, and realizing like God is giving us opportunities to see him and find assurance of our salvation in our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading an article today on uh, Bible.org, and uh, they were talking about assurance of salvation. And here's some of the things they say. They say some of the things that 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 come up when people lack assurance is because they can't remember or point to a specific time when they received Christ. And I think, you know, this is one of the things when we were when in in baptism class in college that the professor talked about and I thought was just really neat was you know baptism like we've been talking about these different moments that we look back and we say like God really showed up here baptism is and he called it this and it's a term I've been using throughout the podcast is is a stake in the ground that you can look back to and say, here is a here is the point that I entered into a relationship with Christ, you know. Um, and and why I think baptism is such an important thing, you know, in our lives and 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 that going through the process of salvation. Um, because I can always say, like, even if even if I'm not feeling it, even if mm-hmm. I'm down, even if I'm really struggling, even working through it, I can say, at this point, I know what I did in this moment. And you you even talked about it. Like, that room is significant that that, that happened in because, hey, listen, 
I remember this. I remember what it smelled like. I remember the conversation. I remember what color the paint on the wall was. You know, it's that moment. I remember this moment, and that moment has significance. Um, and that I, I do. I think, too, I think one of the things that we do is, as Christians sometimes, especially in, in, in this country, is, or it, maybe even in, in certain denominations or groups, you know, in the church, is we... We spiritualize everything. We make it all about emotion and feeling, and we separate the physical. You know, we almost make the physical the bad and the spiritual the good. Mm-hmm. When God created and He said it was good, and He made us both spiritual and physical, like that is a good thing. And so, there's absolutely physical parts of and 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 water baptism is one, right? Full immersion baptism is one. It's it's a physical thing, but absolutely a spiritual thing happens in that. And and so that can create a lack of assurance. And so, you know, if you're struggling, point back to that that time. Remember that thing. Um, that's that's important. Another one is people often lack assurance because they question the procedure they went through when they were accepted, when they accepted Christ. You know, and I and I think doctrine of salvation and 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 what that process looks like we absolutely need to seek scripture you know for that like what is that why is that what is what does god say about how to enter into this relationship and you know the thing that we always say believe repent confess and be baptized um and and when you can't point to that procedure you know you're relying a lot on the emotion or the feeling of the thing rather than the knowledge of the truth of that thing. And, and, and so, again, I think that's another important point of this. There's a couple more, and I think maybe ones that people will struggle with more um, than, than those, but people, people often lack assurance because um, they struggle with certain sins. I mean, that's something you both alluded to. Hey, mm-hmm. listen, like it was the ups and downs. It was the chipping away was the term you used, Nelson. There are just moments where we're dealing with this sin, and we all have that one thing, right? Like, we all may sin, and and there may be several things that come up, but we all have that one big one Mm -hmm. that just makes us feel like a total loser. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know what overcoming that looks like because in my life I haven't fully overcome that thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that I deal with almost on a daily, if not, you know, weekly, if not daily, you know, issue, you know, it coming up and, and so not feeling like we deserve it. Mm -hmm. You guys deal with that? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) What, how do you, and, and this is a big one. Like, how do you, how do you, what is the process that you take to get to a place where you say, okay, like not, maybe not I'm okay, but to where you can, maybe overcome that? Like, what's a process that you use? I, I'd i say just to let go of it. Um, to voice it, to say it out loud helps sometimes. Um, depend. I mean, you can say it out loud between you and God. You can say it out loud to a brother or your wife or, you know, and that opens it up for discussion and talk. And that helps to take it off of your heart and puts it out there. Yeah. And then it can leave. So that's kind of what I found sometimes. Well, I mean, Scripture says, you know, for us to bear one another's burdens. Absolutely. And you're, you're, 
it's it's going to be much more difficult to get through this without it. That's the, you're this you're not meant to go through this world alone, even even with God in your heart. Um, you're supposed to be in a community. Absolutely. So that brings you know the analogy that I used. I think just this last week was it's like a tire. You know, you have the foundation of that, which is the tire, but the community puts air in that tire, you know, and gives relevance to it and, and even makes it real for outsiders who are looking in that they see people loving and serving and sacrificing within that. And it gives life to the message that we have, you know, in our life through Christ. Mm -hmm. One of the primary reasons behind the lack of assurance is doctrinal misunderstanding and the consequent lack of faith in the finished work of, of Christ. Um, what do you guys think about that one? The lack of assurance is doctrinal misunderstanding and the consequent lack of faith in the finished work of Christ. So it's a failure to understand the word. Right. I would teaching. Sure. I would say that, you know, that's something that hits home for me because that's something that I feel like I lack. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, you know, um, but I think part of that reason why I lack that is because I didn't, um, implement that in my daily life because I could tell you I could tell you when I was 15 16 Kobe Bryant's basketball stats every single year from that point moving on because I really dove into his life and and his basketball skills and and I put forth an effort um you know and I feel at times that I'm not worthy of speaking about the Bible and the context of it because I feel like I don't have enough understanding of it but I don't put forth that effort. And so that's, you know, a, a humble thing to accept, but I'm getting better at it slowly, but it's something that I still battle. And I would more days than not, I would rather just sit back on a recliner and turn the TV on and watch alone or one of these TV shows that I have recorded versus sitting on a recliner and really diving into my Bible first and, um, getting to know his word and, you know, and have having that as my foundation because ultimately that is the the map um, of my life. So, what what are your thoughts, Nelson? I would agree with Cody. I'm specific, you know, like it's easy to to be distracted. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I can see where you know coming having a new faith or. Um, it's it's a lot to swallow. There's a lot of information in the in the Bible. There's a lot, very much so. And there's a lot of people that understand it very well. And there's you know, and it's, and it's pride where you don't want to feel like you're ignorant or you don't want to show your ignorance. And that's it right there. And yeah, uh, it's hard to face that sometimes. And um, it's good to ask questions when you don't know because I've yet to meet anybody that doesn't want to answer the question. It's mm-hmm. um, and they've never looked down on me when I've asked a question that had a really simple answer. Um, but yes, and then focusing your life on the priorities of I I have been recently battling with that and um, what are my priorities in a day? You know, how have I not found ten minutes to sit down and do a daily devotional with my wife, but I can watch 
40 minutes of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that stuff sucks you in, too. Man. Do you watch the TikTok videos? Are you trying to do, like, the savage dance? I, I am not sure what you're speaking Where of. Where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said YouTube, and that's what all the kids watch. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> John 3.36, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life, and the one who rejects the Son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on him. 1 John 5.11-13, through 13. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. The one who has the Son has eternal life, and the one who does not have the Son of God does not have eternal life. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, I, that's what we're talking about when when you talk about these doctrinal issues, when you talk about the Word of God. It, I really do think like we we live in a time where it's all about feeling, being happy, being comfortable, being, you know, fulfilled in in these ways. And 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 you guys are right. Like the ways that we find fulfillment or we seek that fulfillment is, you know, to be distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, when those things don't bring life. Right. And you sit down and you listen. To, you watch forty minutes of YouTube. How do you feel? You feel like oh, I just wasted forty minutes. Mm-hmm. You feel junk. You feel like junk. You feel you feel crappy. You may laugh and and it may even be wholesome. Even some of the stuff that you're that you're looking at. But at the end of the day, like it's not life giving, like the word is. And and still, it's a fight to make that a priority. Um, but as we seek Him in His Word, as we seek His truth, right. That's where we can find real assurance of of where we're headed and what he's doing. And the the last one uh, that I want to talk about is just this idea that our lives and the things that we do give us salvation, right? That we have control of that somehow. That. That if I live the right way, or I do the right things, or I say the right things, that 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 will earn my way. Man, that is one in the church that is so so bad. I'm very thankful that it's not that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's really that's a driving force for a lot of people. I think that's part of our culture. Is you know you do this 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 and you receive this. And, and that's hard to let go of. Yeah, it's a blue-collar mentality of, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. If you work hard enough, then you can achieve this. Yeah. And and the reality is, in a lot of cases, that's the truth. Even Proverbs says that. Hey, listen, hard worker, you're like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get it. You know, you're gonna get what you work for. But the reality is, we also live in a culture and a time where, and and this is throughout history, where even if you work hard you could still fail mm-hmm. and you could still not get anything that, that you are hoping or you are working towards. And so like the only relief of that, the only, the only way out of that is that someone has stepped in and given you an opportunity that you never deserved, you know, and, and that's what Christ did. You know, he came, he lived, he died for you and for me to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with a God who we have no right to stand before you know you think about like you know isaiah standing before god and saying i'm he's a preacher his whole life was built on the words that he spoke right and he said i'm a man of unclean lips he talked about the fact that his the his biggest thing the thing that he was best at his his greatest talent 
right? And standing before God, he saw how flawed it was, Mm -hmm. even though that was his greatest gift is what he had, the best thing he had to offer. And it was still so short of where he needed to be. But yet Christ came and died and made it so that we could live, really live in him. Good stuff, man. Um, Nelson, glad you joined us today, buddy. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is the first of many. And, uh, and, and I can promise you one thing, if you keep coming on the show, we are going to use every opportunity to really put you on the spot. Excellent. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, like whenever you tell Kevin yes to one thing, he makes you involved in about a hundred other term things. Since I got here, Stookied, yeah, I think Stookied. was the term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he called himself the manipulator a couple weeks ago. Wait, wait. <laughs> did you listen to that show? I did. <laughs> we hey, get on, get on, get your get your microphone, Nate, because we actually we have a we have a, a nickname for you now, and I feel like Nate should be the one to unveil this. Oh gosh. Well, just to preface that, we we're going to call you the Terminator, but doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah it's kind of too like nice, man. Brutal. Yeah. But we thought the investigator. Ooh, that's nice. Solid, right? That's pretty solid. solid. So, what's yours again? The facilitator. The facilitator. <laughs> the manipulator and the investigator. Now we got to come up. <laughs> I'm One for in Nelson. Training. Out, yeah. <laughs> in training. The the traininator. <laughs> the train the trainer for Nader. <laughs> for Nate. <laughs> I like it. Oh. Yeah, you can thank my wife for that one. Nice. Cause cause uh, Nate and I were like uh, talking back and forth and, and <laughs> it was like ten minutes we were trying to call <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and Emma going. like within two seconds, bam, investigator. investigator. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh man, how do we not think of that? <laughs> dum dum. <laughs> uh, well, uh we thank you guys for joining us again on another show, uh Pursuit of Purpose. Um uh real honor to do this. Glad to be back home um this week and, and kinda get back into a normal groove here, but uh uh, definitely good to be back on here and be reminded of of just all those ways that that God can use us and fill us with the work that we're doing. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, buddy. And that's us signing off. Hood gay, yai bay. <laughs> <laughs>